0: Welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and mouth sounds. My name is Bob.
1: And I'm Matt.
0: And we're going to talk about video games. We are. So the reason that we're uh, nervous about mouth sounds today is that we have a new recording setup that allows us to sound better at the expense of you hearing everything that's happening inside of our mouths.
1: Yeah, we definitely sound here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we're mouthy people. <laughs>
1: What does that mean? I
0: don't know. The original name for this podcast was Mouth and Off,
1: and (laughs) with Bob Bob and Matt,
0: and you know that didn't that didn't really play as well as I'd hope, Uh, but it had great SEO. (laughs) That's what's weird about that. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Plosive, plosive. We really need pop filters. Uh, A device that I kind of didn't know had a real purpose. 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 Uh, Until we got this. got a pop filter for that porpoise (laughs) we're learning more and more
1: every podcast bob it's really great
0: the real issue is that it's a podcast
1: (laughs) so just on this radio thing on this audio experience internet radio can we how long do you think we can go without using the p sound
0: do you want to try and go this entire episode without using words Let's that start it.
1: with P? It's like that novel that is the entire novel that doesn't use the word or the letter E in it throughout the entire no. thing. No. How? I don't know. It's probably not a very good novel. Yeah, I imagine that
0: eliminates a ton of yeah. good words. It's real, though. Google it. Okay. Well, you couldn't write that in this novel. <laughs> just goog it. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, we've been googing some stuff this week. Yes. And uh, I think we have some hot news jams to discuss.
1: Do we? I'm not sure. I like. Okay, is this... there anything actually going on in the world of gaming? The Other thing, the, the Pokemon, thing... the Pokemon Go Fest that we had discussed last time. We've already broken the rule with Pokemon. Pokemon, um, you've broken the rule. I remain strong. <laughs> uh, that was an utter disaster.
0: Yeah, and it was funny because I knew people at work. People. Whose parents, uh, whose elder relatives uh, came into town, specifically from like Florida, to uh, partake, participate, play, really no options here, to play Pokemon. And uh, apparently it overloaded the servers. Like that was, it was just that when you get that many people in one place trying to Pokey, it just does not work.
1: It was fair enough it's like that old saying you burn me once pokemon shame on me burn me twice shame on you
0: yeah so it's as though they went and caught a brawl
1: because people were unhappy i mean uh, uh, this is uh, what were they possibly thinking with regards to like this it's well, like this is why like like just like cellular when you have a bunch of people in one space all using like the cell towers like you only got so much bandwidth. I'm just mixing up my terms here.
0: Yeah, but like the baffling part about it is that they sold tickets. So they knew exactly oh, right. how ticketed. many people were going to be there and yet they failed to accommodate but that how, number how of people. But
1: how would Niantic accommodate? Niantic is the developer um of yeah. The game. How would how would they accommodate people? I
0: mean, I don't know if it was server issues or if it was issues with the game itself. My, I, my I understanding really is know. that it was
1: server issues, but
0: well, if it's server issues and that's not a cellular problem, that's a problem with Niantic oh, not having enough, enough. Uh, like capacity, essentially for yeah, all those people,
1: which is unheard of in video games.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: I mean, I, in any case, it's so it brought shame upon Chicago, <laughs> which is the.
0: It's true. So, the thing that I was thinking we could talk about, um, you are familiar, of course, with THQ.
1: Um, I think so. A
0: games publisher. They published... Are uh, not going
1: to talk about Mooch? Mooch?
0: Oh, Anthony Scaramucci?
1: Yeah. No.
0: He does not work at the toy headquarters. Is that what THC stands for? Well, it's what THQ stands for. Um, What about THC? So, that's different. Um, and you know, it's weird because you can only buy THQ games in certain states like Colorado and California (laughs) and eventually, and that's why they went out of business. (laughs) Uh, just confusion all around there. But so THQ is this company, they went out of business, they published things like Darksiders and Red Faction. Yeah, they went out
1: of business Uh, not too long ago, actually. Yeah.
0: Like three or four years ago. And then they were picked up again, all of their like IP. By this company called Nordic Games, Mm -hmm. which has now rebranded itself as THQ Nordic. And which is clearly just like slowly rolling into just being THQ again. And they recently teased that they were going to bring back some game And here. Let me see if I can find their quote. Uh, Okay. They say that they're going to bring back a game series that is, quote, mysterious and horrific. So what what series do we think this is?
1: I mean, uh, you, they, they didn't even give any clues? No,
0: it's just that they said it's mysterious and horrific.
1: Like, do we, do we think this is like body horror? Like Kirby body horror? I mean, Kirby is sort of terrifying. Kirby is
0: very terrifying. Can you imagine if you met if you were just like walking down the street and as, and like in the same way that we see like rabbits out around your apartment, we
1: saw a fucking Kirby. Is it the size of a rabbit? I mean, for now, do we see it consume a rabbit and then yeah. suddenly it has ears and then it is a
0: rabbit and then it can jump. Yeah.
1: I mean, a <laughs> jumping Kirby is actually terrifying. Oh, yeah, Anything that's like that. low to the ground and then suddenly can be up in your face like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd find it. So have you ever seen Kirby without shoes on?
0: I always thought those were his feet.
1: Nope, those are those are shoes. Those are shoes. So he's naked except for his shoes. Yep. I don't like. He that. has. He has five toes on each foot. Wait, have you seen a picture of Kirby without his shoes on? I have, and you all can too if you Google it. Is this an
0: officially sanctioned Nintendo image, or is this something that somebody drew on DeviantArt? I mean. <laughs> Do you feel like this was uh, shows everyone too much of your browsing habits?
1: I'm just like there are certain there are corners things. of the internet. Yeah, this is the deep web. You can't find pictures of Kirby without his shoes on if you're not using an onion browser.
0: All right. Well, this is a uh, an interesting revelation, and I can't wait to get to the end of this. But honestly, case, this is news so what, to me. What
1: is what is this? Yeah, no, check it out. Everybody, check it out, or don't check it out because it's really it is really. It's weird. You don't need to see it. No oh, yeah, see I just it.
0: figured that Kirby was a terrifying little marshmallow man with red feet.
1: No, his no, there's no. Those are clearly shoes. Wow. Also, it's really difficult to buy replica Sonic the Hedgehog sneakers.
0: Dude, that is actually a very shocking point. It feels it's like very that hard be, It feels that. like like Adidas should be making like replica. Yeah sonic sneakers once a year.
1: The easiest ones to find are not actual sneakers, they're slippers. They're children's slippers. It's really disappointing. Yeah. Um
0: no, that's a that is a really good observation. So I also just realized Yoshi is wearing boots all the time.
1: I yeah, well Man, what is boots. up with all these shoes? Also like
0: Nintendo loves shoes.
1: Yeah, they a, they like like really like little red shoes that look kind of kind of like tiny loaves of bread or something. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, the like the, the like Charles style. Schultz style yes. shoe.
1: All right. So, um we we've drifted away from THQ Nordic, THC Nordics. Um...
0: dope smoking <laughs> so you... new IP.
1: <laughs> so, but they're bringing something back. They're so bringing it's an old IP. Back. What were the IPs that they owned and is this an, an, is this an implication that it is definitely an old THQ brand?
0: They don't say it's a THQ brand. They okay. say they're bringing back an existing brand. And that it is mysterious and horrifying.
1: They don't have eternal darkness, do they?
0: I think it's eternal darkness. Was that a THQ game? No. Uh, Nintendo actually published that, but the yeah. IP was owned by Silicon, Silicon Knights. Knights. And then Silicon Knights is not a going concern, but there was that Wait. Kickstarter that can failed. We, can
1: we try and say Silicon Knights at the same time again? Yeah. Okay. One, three, two, two, one. Silicon, Silicon Knights. Knights. I don't know why, why we that did wasn't, that. That wasn't very satisfying. Do you we think it was going to be like
0: the THX sound? Yeah. All right, so THX Nordic uh, <laughs> was making a, a game, and we assume it is, I think it's... You think darkness. it's...
1: it's well, so Did it, they pick up the IP after Silicon Knights? So
0: I'm not exactly sure how that shook out, and if I was a better podcaster, I would have researched it. But my understanding, I mean, they were... I guess, it seems to me like, for a while there, uh, and I'm totally blanking on his name, but the Silicon Knights guy...
1: Jeff... Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jeff the Silicon Knight.
1: No, Jeff Jeff. Jeff Jeff, the yeah. Silicon Knight. First
0: name J-E-F-F,
1: last name G-E-O-F-F.
0: Oh, okay. yeah, That, that makes sense. So Jeff Jeff, the Silicon Knight, he um, made Eternal Darkness, and it was like this huge success, and uh, people really liked it. And then he made a bunch of terrible decisions, um, eventually made that the Norse mythology. Uh, too, uh, too Human. Too Human. Yeah. Yeah, and then that kind of tanked his career. He also went on a podcast and ranted uh, on the One Up podcast, and you should look that up because it is crazy. It'd
1: be easier for you to look it up if we told you his real name, but uh No, you just
0: type in Jeff Jeff, the Silicon Knights man uh, podcast.
1: Silicon Knights meltdown would probably be good. Do we- too human is it? Didn't they actually like destroy every copy of that game?
0: Yeah, it used uh, technology from uh, Epic Games, and then Epic Games sued them because apparently they never paid for that technology or something. And really, at that point, there was no Silicon Knights to be sued, kind of. So it's yeah. one of those things where they Silicon Knights people lost the case, and then Epic's revenge was just you can no longer sell this game, and we're destroying all the Cliff
1: copies. Cliff just would not would not abide he
0: actually cut all of those games in half with a gun chainsaw <laughs> himself that's it he, was weird he a
1: hundred percent owns a replica gun oh chainsaw. no question this, i think yeah.
0: you could i think that might have been a pre-order bonus at one point wait to get a gun chainsaw no
1: i mean like he has like a real one oh, like a functioning yeah, one. yeah
0: yeah seems about right
1: he just uses it to cut down trees now though because he, like you know
0: he uses it to forge his sick neck chains <laughs>
1: He seems like a good guy. I like I, li- I like Cliff. Cliffy B. Um he's always been really nice whenever we've hung out. And yeah, I mean, yeah, well, the that's the thing. yeah
0: ex- he's just so like giving. You yes. know what I mean? Cuz like you're in his apartment and he's just the- a genuine host. Loves to entertain.
1: In any case, uh yeah, I'd say this is almost certainly um whatever unsettling dark darkness, whatever that game uh, is. Yes, unsettling darkness. <laughs> um, well, w- when they were made. eternal darkness it, cuz isn't, isn't that very like Lovecraftian. Yeah. That game
0: is extremely strange. And, and there's only one of There's only one. There right? is only one of them. And it's not... So I came to that game, I want to say like four or five years after it came out. Yeah. And that game, I do not think ages well at all. I do not think that game is very good. It was extraordinarily experimental for the time, right? Yes. And and those parts of it hold up pretty well um, because they're just weird. Yeah. And people aren't doing that sort of stuff. Uh, so it has a lot of stuff where your character is going insane and that's represented in the game by things that are meant to impact the player rather than the character. It so sounds, sometimes it'll be things with the character, but sometimes it'll be like, there's one that I really remember being good where, uh, you see like a dot on the screen. It kind of moves around like it's a fly landing on your screen. <laughs> and I was trying to squish it with my foot because I'm sitting across from my old CRT television. When I was playing this game and then I couldn't because it was in the game. Uh, that's really clever. Yeah. And it's a lot of stuff like that, which is really fun, except that the game itself sort of, it was originally designed for the N64. It's actually on the GameCube. It looks like an N64 game Mm. and it has a lot of weird, like extremely strange stuff where like, it's a good idea. Like your character, if they're using, it's a very dark souls thing. They're in a hallway. That's very tight. Yeah. They can't swing their sword, uh, because their sword might be too large or something like that. But the combat is super clunky and mushy, and the whole thing just feels like garbage. So, any sort of like, ah, the tension is ratcheted up because I can't use my sword is just like, even when I use it, it feels terrible. So, I'm not like more tense. I'm just frustrated. So,
1: a lot of good ideas, but without any kind of like sort of basic underlying.
0: Yeah, the the fundamentals are not particularly okay. sound in my mind. Because
1: I remember I always thought of it as just, like, someone saying, like, what if we took the Psycho Mantis boss fight from Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid and made that into an entire game? That really Which is. I still stand by that. Is it, this seems like a great idea, but I'm curious how they would update that for 2017. Like, how do you fuck with the player in 2017 without asking them to input, you know? Like, I feel like, like, there would be too many giveaways. Because you can only do so much with a screen in the interface, like...
0: I think you'd be surprised because, like, this game would do things like reboot the GameCube. Yeah. And then, so it would appear that, like, you'd had a power outage or something. Was it
1: actually rebooting the GameCube?
0: It would turn the machine off. I think.
1: I would be surprised but if it did that. I think...
0: Maybe it didn't That turn seems it,
1: like it'd be impossible. No,
0: I think that would be possible. I could
1: imagine it running through as though it were pretending to boot it up again.
0: Maybe, but then it would tell you that your memory card had been wiped and stuff. You would yeah. open up the interface sometimes like to go re-equip your character, and it would appear you had no items Yeah, and stuff. And I think that all of that stuff could hold up and be pretty good.
1: I mean, if we're not expecting it, though. You know, that's the tricky thing. I, I wonder like, how you whether the, the best way to kind of like get inside of a player's head now is like through more like alternate or alternate reality gaming type techniques or something. Like I can imagine like if they ask you to fill out a profile that includes like your phone number or something like that. Mm. And that would be pretty cool. Like if it's like text you weird shit to like to throw you off. I don't That would be kind of awesome. That would be. And I think But like, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, uh, but they come up with what roads it. it goes down, but <laughs> and
0: maybe none of this will happen because that is just our speculation that that's yeah. what's going
1: to it. Happen. Could just be that they're bringing back Bubsy.
0: God, where is the gritty Bubsy reboot that we've all been crying out for? <laughs> you know, I was just like, honestly, if you're gonna make a new Bubsy though, I would want it to. I guess Conquer is kind of this, but also I kind of hate Conquer, bad for a day, yeah. But like, yeah, if it was bad, just a like, like, nice. Uh, it's no skiing for the NES, I can tell you that, which is the best rare game, and if you disagree, you're wrong. Uh, but, uh, I've always wanted, like, a Bubsy, where it's, like, Bubsy is, like, sitting at home watching TV, like, in retirement, and he just feels washed up, but he's not, like, an alcoholic or anything, he just, like, isn't doing anything, and then he's, like, brought
1: out of retirement. By who? This implies that someone hired Bubsy in the first place. (laughs) Uh, you you, the game designer rescue Bubsy I rescue from Bubsy. the nursing home yeah I, I I pick him up out and out then
0: it's, it's actually a racing game in a wheelchair get in Bubsy I'll explain on the way honestly if we made a kart racer that was all rascal scooters with like <laughs> defunct video game mascots <laughs> uh, I think that we could put that on new grounds for a little bit yeah. and then it would get taken until down
1: until Kotaku picks it up
0: yeah and then it would get shut down yeah then it would get shut down thanks Jason All right, (laughs) well, um, that's enough of Speculative News Hour. Uh, My real question for you, Matt, is how's your Dark Souls? Amazing chest.
1: My Dark Souls. Um,
0: This is our recurring segment in which we talk about playing through Dark Souls 3.
1: Yeah, uh, for those of you who are just catching up, we both absolutely love Dark Souls 1. We think it is the pinnacle of the genre. Dark Souls 2, we kind of agree, is not a very good game. Um, Somewhat broken, outright broken it has in issues. elements yeah, yeah, of it. it. has real issues. Uh, we've been playing through Dark Souls 3 for that sort of shot of nostalgia, but I think also because we like it.
0: I like it a lot. I, I have thoughts about it.
1: Yeah, um... I, I mean, I obviously have thoughts about it too. I think that like, I don't know. So uh, let's talk about where we are first. I think that makes the most sense, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to focus too much on like the specifics. Um, Okay. But I mean, I am uh, at, it's like this castle where if I go in there, everything does bleed damage. If it touches me once, I just start to build up bleed damage and eventually I suffer blood loss. And I've played through most of that area.
1: Okay, so did you go through like the the area where you're like slashing at the dudes and they'll drop but then they come back to life immediately?
0: Yes, that is. Part yeah. Of this.
1: So I was right around there too. Um so yeah, I think we're both around the same area. I mean, the game the, the game is good. It's still just like a walk and stab simulator. Um I have died a lot less than I remember dying. This and I think that's
0: exactly what I want to talk about.
1: And I can't tell whether it's because the game is easier, whether I am more acclimated to Dark Souls. I am um, definitely not over leveled. Like I can be killed in just a handful of hits. Um, I recently met a giant who squashed me with his hand in one hit. And Interesting.
0: I don't think that I've encountered. That yeah, I am
1: a little bit further than you are. Uh, also, did you go to? Did you realize that the game splits in two different directions when you are in that bog, that swampy bog area? You can go up, or you can go laterally.
0: Uh, I know that it seemed like I could go across the bog, but I encountered a giant enemy crab. Mm. Um, and I could not figure out what its weak point was to hit, and it would run away whenever I started to deal damage to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: those things were a pain in the ass. I never killed one. I, I just uh, ended it. yeah, there were too much of a, they I, would disappear into the water, too.
0: Yeah, I suppose I could have just, like, run through there, but instead I went up into this like abandoned castle yes and then the i, I, I like ended to. up uh fighting a wizard lady
1: ah yes the the crystal witch
0: yes uh and, stevie Nicks. well i went and so i went and fought the giant tree that we talked about last yeah, week
1: did you you conquer uh yeah smoked him yeah. uh good fight good I fight thought. yeah fun fight yeah getting the pustules blowing yeah. those ball sacks of- yep
0: just slapping them yeah. and uh so beat that and then immediately just like kind of wandered into the crystal witch fight yes smoked that thing oh
1: i was so scared and then it was not yeah yeah i and was like i'm not ready for this i only hit two Estus, and then all of a sudden it was over it was
0: over i haven't died like yeah at all i just and that's the thing i'm not dying at all i'm just marching through the lush beautiful looking dark souls environments and anything i see i kill dead
1: I had, so the one thing that I wanted to talk about were the, the men on the stairs, the short little guys, the, the two little guys. And it's like that, the dark souls, you know, rule of thumb that you should be afraid of anything that is actually your size for sure. Um, and there's two of them and I think you can fight them one at a time, but I had the bad luck of engaging with both of them simultaneously. Okay. And I was very scared and I managed to get through it. Um, was legitimately terrified for a moment there and i had this feeling of like the old dark souls where i was like do i have to like scam this game Mm -hmm. like and like there were elements of that where i like just started going back until i realized like one of them would start walking away because i had reached like the perimeter of his interest like willingness to continue to follow me and so i could fight the other one one one-on-one but it was um it was satisfying like despite the fact that i was scamming the game a bit that's funny. I so I got to them
0: and found them to be total pushovers. It was nothing. Okay. Um, I, it, what weapon are you using? I'm still using that ice sword. Yeah, I am too. Uh, at the, I've upgraded it a couple times.
1: I have not upgraded anything yet.
0: But uh, well, it's it's in that area that you start to get items that allow you to upgrade it.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of those little.
0: I feel like I have a very good sense of how weapon upgrades work in this one, which I did not really in the previous okay.
1: games. Um. Because that thing doesn't scale very well still. I think it's like kind of the equivalent of the Drake sword.
0: Uh, no, that, that one scales pretty well. Because as you upgrade the ice it... sword does?
1: Yeah. Oh, this is a scaling upgrade?
0: Yeah, so it starts at... It scales D. With, D with both mm-hmm. strength and dexterity. Uh, and now I've leveled it, and it's a C with strength and a D with dexterity. And I'm mm-hmm. more of a strength build. Okay. Uh, and that thing does damage. It's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, it's fast. It's
1: so fast. Yes. It's a fast weapon. That's what's great about it. Yeah.
0: Um. So, I just don't know. I'm not dying, and I can't tell if I think that that cheapens this game. Because it's not that I'm not having fun. I'm really compelled to play it.
1: I'm very compelled to play it. Yeah. I constantly want to.
0: Agreed. I feel like, though, I want to play it so I can get to a part of it that... Punishes me.
1: Yes. Uh I and I think I might have discovered that part. Interesting. Being a little bit further ahead of you. I reached um an impasse shortly beyond where you are. There's a series of, of pretty challenging I died I died once, um of these challenging battles across a rooftop. Okay. Um,
0: anything where you can easily fall off, I feel yes. like is going to consistently give me a little, bit and they of
1: were throwing a lot of dudes at me all at once. Yeah. Um, and they were like a mix of dudes. So I'd be having to fight like these like fast little critters that are scampering around on all fours. Whoa. And then they're also have archers coming at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on a precarious place. So that, that was good. And then shortly, but I still kind of like, you know, I got through it with only one death and I didn't have to like, um, what is it The the using your, you, when you become human in this as opposed to, but it's uh, like different, you're kindled.
0: You're em, embered or something. Embered. I don't know. I, All I right. know that I just kind of put together recently that I've been picking up things that allow me yes. to do that at yeah. any time, which I haven't had to use because I haven't died and you become that state when you beat a boss. Mm-hmm. And so I've just had it. Yeah. Like I actually kind of forget that my, whatever
1: it is, he's got it folks.
0: <laughs> it's really, it's just that it factor. Yeah.
1: Um, that embering
0: talent scouts walk up to me on the street and they just say, Hey, you just got it. Are you, are you embered?
1: (laughs) Did you recently beat a boss?
0: Yeah. And I, and I did.
1: Um, so I, I think that, yeah, right, right along where I am, I reached an impasse and that's when I, and it wasn't like a bad impasse. I was just like, I can throw myself against this wall. Um, and it's not one enemy, it's like a series of enemies. Okay. And it was, I was like, or maybe now is for the first time in this game, like the, where I start to do some, I stopped just like my march of attrition through mm-hmm. the land of dark souls and instead like do some exploration, maybe build myself a bit. And that's when I realized that that bog area is where the game actually splits in two totally different directions. Interesting. So did you return to that area and experience I, that or not? I just found it I was just like oh there's this other part of the bog and there's this like other kind of ca- broken down castle looking thing over here and then you don't have to go particularly far and all of a sudden you're like it like it introduces you to a new place that's very interesting it's like a sort of like a woodland area um, oh okay and it's a name that someone it's like there's like lore in the name. It's like something that somebody name dropped earlier. So I think it is like an area that you're supposed to end up in eventually. But um and I'm curious to see if whether it loops around. So I'm excited again. Like and I like frankly, the best thing I can say about this is that I actually look forward to playing it more than I look forward to playing Splatoon most of the time.
0: Oh, interesting, because and we're gonna talk about Splatoon here in a second. Yeah. I had to specifically set aside time to play this because i enjoy playing splatoon so much
1: i enjoy splatoon a lot but in very brief kind of like bursts whereas i think of like dark souls is still like the it's it's like the big meaty novel that i'm working my way through
0: yeah and i actually am really enjoying kind of playing it in these metered chunks uh, for some reason, like yeah. kind of being unable to just like mainline it and burn out on it is actually, I think pretty good for my enjoyment.
1: I would, I would agree. Um, I, I wonder, it's sort of interesting though, that we were both still finding it a little bit too easy. I, I don't, don't even want to say the easy is the right word though.
0: I would say, I would say for me, easy is the right word okay. because I'm not, I'm not like ever up against it in the current mode i just kind of am moving through a dark souls game like it feels not unlike breath of the wild at this point where it's like when i die it's because i was thought to myself i'm going to do something dumb yeah and then i died and it's like of course i died because i knew i was going to die and honestly in those situations like it just i don't feel like Death is a risk. I got have you gotten the thing?
1: Um The thing? The thing. Did you oh, get the, the thing? The thing, yes. We we let's talk about it a lot, but not actually say what okay. it is. Okay,
0: so I got the thing. No, I got this thing. Uh I forget what it was called. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then But it did something. So it did it did a thing for me. There's do you know the little shriveled up king in the in who's sitting in the throne in the uh in the Firelink Shrine?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's cute.
0: Yeah. If you talk to him, he says that he needs something to help you. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a tooltip, and I got the thing. And you get What's it... What's a tooltip? Like, in one of the loading screens. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, I forget, it's like a kiln or something. Mm. You probably have it,
1: because it was... I think I remember picking up a kiln of some sort. You
0: need to give it to him, because once he has it, he can turn the boss souls into items.
1: Oh, dope. And... Have you have you not been so, just eating your boss souls? I never eat the boss souls. I never do either. In fact, I don't use the other souls either. I put them all in my in my chest so I can save them for a rainy day. You're a crazy person. I love. Well, I'm also the kind of person who like saves all of his elixirs in a Final Fantasy game for the final fight. It never comes. And then I never. Use, yeah, it's so stupid. Never use them. I. I yeah, I take perverse satisfaction in that.
0: Well, okay. So you're this weird guy who's edging on all of his potions. But for me, uh, you can talk to this guy and he has weapons based on all the different weapons for every soul you have, Mm. but he also sells items and the ice dude, I think it was from the ice dude. He was able to make me this ring and it gives me health on successive hits. So the first time I hit a guy, nothing happens like whatever. But then every time I hit the same person after that, without getting hit, like in a chain, I'm regaining health. How much health are you regaining? It's significant. It feels significant.
1: Folks, you heard that year. It's significant. It is
0: a significant thing. So I, I got the significant thing. Yeah. And like straight up, I walked into that uh, crystal boss fight, crystal witch.
1: Oh, you got this a while back. I got this okay. a while back. And I wonder... This is what I mean by like, I, gotta, I have to explore more rather than just like marching
0: i feel like i feel like there's when it's kind of not resisting you there's a desire just to sort of plow exactly
1: and i think that's my issue with it is that like that's Mm -hmm. my primary issue is that i have not been forced to do anything but plow i think that the difference here and this explains why you have beaten
0: zelda (laughs) and i have not is that when i don't come up against resistance my I kind of become bored with like the main path because I'm like, you don't resist me. Will I go find yeah. something that will? And I just like, kind of spread out. Whereas I think that you just continue to mainline
1: it. But there, was uh, like, there was nothing resisting me in Zelda after a yeah. point. Even well, that, that, and path. that's a weird part about and Zelda. And that's why I was like, I hope Ganon will resist me. But nay. He did not. He did fold.
0: Yes, as they all, as he always does, really. It's kind of yeah. a pushover for somebody that keeps Man. claiming that kingdom. Uh, but I... So, i had that thing i walked into that fight with like three quarters of my health bar and by the end of it i had a full health bar
1: that's brilliant it's crazy it's and, but not broken you don't think it breaks anything uh i think it it's it seems
0: effective against bosses just because what do you do against a boss other than hit it repeatedly
1: and also you don't have to worry about taking a break to chug estus
0: yeah, I, I honestly, we'll see how it continues to play out. It could be the sort of thing that just kind of scales out of relevance.
1: Yeah. Um. But right now,
0: it's a pretty cool item.
1: I was, um, I mean, I, it's it's a fantastic game. I'm looking forward to playing more. This week is actually kind of busy, so I'm. It'll probably be good for that. You know, kind of holding off a bit and like not rushing through it. Um, I just playing this game. I remember. Just like the the feeling that, and we've talked about this before, that when Dark Souls 1 came out and you sort of felt as though you had joined some sort of special coven or something like that, you know, it was like there was, it seemed so rare to me. Again, as someone though, I also was not engaging with a whole lot of games media, mm-hmm. but I remember very clearly when I first moved to Boston, being in Alston and I um, was in this basically a basement apartment and uh, shared a... Uh, a wall with my neighbor who is an opera singer. Yeah. And I remember so clearly one day hearing this dude just like belting out his own made up like like lyrical content about Estes Flasks. <laughs> and like and just like like alert like my eyes suddenly going wide and like right. having to contain myself. And it is, you know, I think like it's a reminder. I was just thinking about that again the other day. And, like a reminder of the fact that these games are beloved they're special. Um, they're very special. Yeah. They're extraordinarily special. No question. Special. They are very special things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how my souls are doing. Do you awesome, have any, any other notes on this?
0: No, I I'm just curious to know if the fact that at this point I'm not struggling with it will impact my overall enjoyment of it. I think but I don't know.
1: I mean, it sounds like you've got a pretty cushy setup for yourself. Um
0: Yeah, I can take some hits.
1: Yeah. So, I would say like you're definitely you're you're progressing. I, I'm still dying on a regular basis. I just like will die once and then I figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't find dying to be much of an impediment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's still like for me, it is still part of the cycle of the game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be good. I'm curious. to no, know. I don't even know how far we are through the game. I'm very curious. very. Yeah. Like uh, as far as like, yeah, what, what we're on pace for.
0: I feel like we've covered a lot of ground
1: physically yes yeah but then also like compared to the first dark souls but i assume that this map is just like overall going to be like be. twice as large
0: you have to think so because
1: dark souls 2 is a very big game
0: yeah to its detriment yeah
1: problematic well it's just a spoke wheel spoke just a large yeah.
0: large thing but we'll see yeah um so the other game that you just mentioned in there splatoon 2 has been the game that i have played the most in the past week yes um and i'm actually going to be writing a review of that for the site You can see that on www.zerostars.co. I'll be writing a review of this game for the site, and I think it is excellent. I think that it has the worst menus and, like, overall out-of-game experience in a lot of ways of basically anything I've played recently other than Project Cars. Um, See episode 3? Knows at this I don't point. really know. I think it might have been four. Either way, you can go listen to me be down on Project Cars menus, uh, and I don't like them. This game has real issues, and I honestly think is it that worse than Steam. What could be? No, it it is. Uh, it is. I think. I think that if this game had the people who make Overwatches like out of game UI mm. work on it, this game would be unstoppable and. I would not do other things, but instead it has menus that just introduce confusion and friction into the experience and kind of slow it down for me. And not,
1: not good friction.
0: No, just negative. They, it just makes it easy for me sometimes to just be like, I'm good and step yeah. away from it. And at the same time, I can't stop playing it. And I think it's excellent. Um, and that includes the single player, but we'll, we'll talk about this. So Matt, what, what are you feeling about it? Cause it seems like you're less hot.
1: No, I I think it's a fucking fantastic game. I love it. And, like, I'm, you know, I use the F word there to describe how fantastic I think it is. So you know that I mean it. Um, I think it's a really, really wonderful, incredible game. I um, bounce off it pretty quickly, though, insofar as that, like, I can only play so much of it before it's, like, three-minute loops kind of grow i don't know too familiar um i've gotten better at it i haven't been playing with motion controls nearly as much as i probably should be i think the single player is a lot of fun i like the puzzles it's just like uh, this is sort of like maybe potentially sacrilege but it it reminds me so much especially the single player reminds me so much of mario Yes. In a way that uh those level setups that like I am having fun while I am playing it, but uh well this is actually unlike Mario. I wish that the single player fed into the progression in the multiplayer in some way. So it does well, you sort get, of you get the tickets for meals.
0: Well, but also you are apparently somehow by beating all of the levels with certain guns, if you beat like every level uh with the same gun. Mm-hmm. you can get those guns in the single po- in the multiplayer.
1: Okay. Including all the, the, the leveling up that you've done. To I believe that of? is the case. I mean, cause like they're fine guns, but they're not sig- significantly different than the starter weapons. Um, no. And so, so and that's like, that's a, no. that's a minor quabble. And it's one that I kind of like have issue with myself having an issue with it. <laughs> Insofar as <laughs> that like, I don't understand like why, why is it that like, it's not just good enough for me to have fun and play a game. Why do I feel as though it needs to progress me somehow? Yeah, like it's it's a great game. Um, I, I, I like it's silly for me to think that like the multi that like the single player should feed into the multiplayer in some way. Just because I seem to desire like a level of progression, um, I kind of hate the concept of progression in multiplayer. So thanks, Call of Duty, for that. Uh, I but it's it's a fantastic game, and and the, with regards to the multiplayer, I just sort of feel the same way about the multiplayer that I do about Overwatch. Insofar as I, it's like really briefly satisfying but briefly um and the satisfaction kind of like I I'm not thinking about splatoon when I'm not playing splatoon um which is again fine but it's like it's just like candy it just disappears <laughs> in your mouth like you you know it's really good for like half a second but then it's gone
0: that's funny so i um i think the single player is great and i think the multiplayer is great I think the multiplayer. I wish that the leveling was more aggressive, and this was actually a problem I had with the first yeah. Splatoon as well. Is that it feels like you build experience very slowly,
1: very very slowly, especially because you don't open up new game modes right until you hit level ten. It
0: just and it's just brutal. It takes forever, and I'm yeah. not like bad at it. I would say I have probably like a fifty percent win percentage. But at even
1: least. even the playing well, winning does not give you a significant boost. You definitely experience. do better, you, you definitely do better, but like it's also predicated on having a team that's not shit. well, um, the
0: number of people in this game who do not seem to understand that they need to paint their fucking base
1: well i yeah there's a lot of kids playing this game, I presume, but
0: at the same time, I feel like even as a child, if you go like paint your base, you win the game if you paint your base, just children, children, paint your base, please, for all of us, anyway. <laughs> That's my that's my PSA for the kids today. Just paint your bases. Seriously, paint the base though, because like if you paint the base, it we will win the the round. Why
1: aren't you painting your base? I am painting the base. You Paint your own base.
0: Well, the problem is that. What
1: kind of what what weapons do you play? So
0: like? I only I use like like the assault rifle equivalent splatter shot. Uh, right now I'm using the one that looks like an airbrush. Um, oh, I've never tried that. So one. that one's good. It's like it's okay, got good spray. It's good decent spray. as a gun. But the reason you want it is because it has the sticky mine as a... It's like normal grenade special. Mm-hmm. And then the other like special the that you can uh, It's, just, it's just like the blue plasma. If it, it's this like, were Halo. Yeah. Which well, it's not, you which can is stick why it, to it gets walls. zero stars.
1: but Okay. Uh, That's key. Which is cool
0: and then the the other the like main special ability it has is like the pucks like the curling pucks. Oh yeah. And those things are devastating. They're going to nerf those things in a heartbeat, I feel like cuz everybody seems to be using them and you can just like mess people up. Yeah. With them They're and pretty they common. paint a lot of area. So those are those are great. Um this game for people who don't know is a game where you're playing Call of Duty but the goal is to paint the entire level your color rather than kill everybody. And uh You're a squid person.
1: And it is just, like... The way that that the speed works in this game is so damn satisfying. That is... The fact that, like... Because you are a relatively slow, like, kid that can turn into a squid, but you can only be a squid and move quickly when you are on your own paint color when you are on your own, like, and you can swim in the paint color. You you swim swim so fast. It is so like, so fast and so satisfying when
0: you jump as a squid and you, and like, when you pull off the jump, when you're like swimming through something and you see that there's an area in front of you that has like a strip that has been painted the other color and you jump that back into your color. It is incredible. And so the, the, the piece I'm going to try and write about this um What's What I'm finding really interesting is that I feel like Nintendo's games, what I've really had driven home for me more than recently than anything else, Nintendo's games are games about movement, uh, yeah. and so it's just you have Zelda, and Zelda is a game where it's they say, "Here's a cool place, you can go anywhere and you can climb on anything." and the whole the whole thing is, if you're a person who can climb, what game falls out of you being able to climb on anything? Yeah And that's the game. Clim- and,
1: climbing is to Zelda, as swimming is to Splatoon 2. As, as jumping, jumping is, is to is Mario, Mario. yes. Yeah. And and yeah, we're on the, we're really on the right, yeah.
0: And that's really what it is: is that they it's Nintendo is making the games that fall out of different ways of moving around. And there's something so neat about the game. What's so crazy about Splatoon is that conceptually, this is actually sort of insane, right? Like. You're a squid kid, you can swim, and also you're in some existential war with octopuses? Like, yeah, there's a boss in this game that is a collection of ovens with loaves of bread in them. And it's a
1: great boss fight. It is, all the boss fights have been spectacular. They're really good. Did you fight the samurai? Yeah. Yeah, I like that guy.
0: Oh, you wait till you get to the box with legs. The box with human legs.
1: This sounds like a Kirby nightmare.
0: It looks like uh, something out of like Pee Wee or something. It's weird. Or David Cronenberg.
1: Yeah. Yeah. David Cronenberg
0: Splatoon. (laughs) Uh, Which would just be a person who turns into one of these squid kids. Um, It's like, I have no bones! And their arms all floppy. Uh, Anyway. Uh, So it is amazing how because the movement mechanics are so intuitively like logical, you, somebody hands you the controller, you're like, what, I'm some kind of squid person? And then you kind of walk a little bit, turn into the squid, swim a little bit, and immediately you're like, this entire world makes complete and total sense. Yes. And the whole thing just locks in because they've nailed the mechanics of movement, and the rest of the game only exists because the movement mechanics are so sound.
1: Precisely. Have they? So you've played Platoon one. Um, I played it a little bit. I've dabbled, but you played more of it. I played a have lot, they, quite a bit of it. Have they iterated on any of the movement, or is that just like is that just pulled like wholly from? Um,
0: the first I mean, game? a little bit in the sense that, uh, like, the if you have the the. There's a new weapon in this game called the Splat Duelies.
1: Yes. Yeah. I fooled around with those a little bit. Yeah. The they, they force
0: you to fool around with them a bit in the single player. Uh, and they're, they're dual machine guns. So they're pretty normal guns. But if you're firing them and you press uh, the jump button, you, you roll.
1: Oh, yes. I've and that had that experience. changes. That's
0: interesting. That is, that is the main thing that they did to the movement. Yeah but it is a significant change to have a move that is fast and a dodge and yeah, it's a fast dodge that doesn't require swimming because when you're swimming, you can't shoot. And so like, even if you pop out, it it feels faster than trying to swim left or right. And you can do it in situations where you might not be able to swim. Uh, and I can see where that would be a valuable thing. I haven't really encountered a lot of people using it.
1: Yeah. I've, I've tried using it in matches and then I tend to just have my ass handed to me. Yeah. Um yeah. I actually want to interject just for a moment to say, and I don't know why this feels important to say, but considering the fact that we've we've said fuck shit and the really bad one, the d word several times already, but when we talk about the guns in Splatoon, these are like not even like paint guns, they are they they are shooting paint but not like a paint gun shoots paint they're just like basically like water pistols with with ink in them yeah well, it is it is them. a very playful game like there is no no one is no one is getting shot in the head which is really nice because i think
0: too many people are getting shot in the head yeah
1: it, it, literally in chicago the city the yeah, city of everywhere. people being shot in the head not with with squirt gun but ink
0: yeah nobody nobody should get shot in the head and splatoon is a great game because it's got all of the visceral thrills of violent video games with none of the violence.
1: Yeah. It's really, it's incredibly charming. And I, I also just like sort of applaud Nintendo for managing to improve call of duty
0: in some ways they did.
1: Yeah. Drastically. I think in many ways, and I,
0: I think call of duty is incredible. So
1: I mean sometimes yes. intermittently. certain, incredible. certain call of duties are incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, but so I, I'm going to, just tell you that if you have a Switch and you don't have Splatoon yet, you need to go purchase Splatoon. Um, no yeah, question. Yeah, agreed.
1: I'd say it's a better purchase than Mario Kart.
0: I disagree with that.
1: I mean, Mario Kart is, is reliable, but like I think Splatoon 2 is, is going to deliver
0: more. I think both of them are equally great. I think that if you buy any of the games Nintendo has published on the Switch, you're probably having a great time. Uh, and I just... There's another element of it, and this is the last thing I'll say, because I feel like we're talking a lot about Splatoon. But
1: That's okay. The people love Splatoon. The people...
0: I love Splatoon. Um, The thing that I think is really cool about it is that... So, because the point of the game is to paint the environment, uh, you can always pull up a map of what the map currently looks like and see how much is painted.
1: And so you have an idea of where to go.
0: You always know... Immediately, where you can go to make an impact. And that is where I feel like that is the improvement on Call of Duty. Because when you're playing Call of Duty and you're just like confused, yeah. you are a person who has to go out and just kind of look around in hopes of seeing somebody else and then you shoot them and I guess that helps your team, but does it? And this game is objective-based and you never have any question about where to go, what needs to be done, and... There is also just naturally out of that, this sense of, well, I can play my role because the different weapons allow you to do different things with the ink. And so if you have played it for any amount of time, you should be able to look at a situation and go, I can help there.
1: Yeah. It is a class-based shooter, but in a very subtle way.
0: And so that's where it lets me down is that it really needs a thing when you're creating your team that says, here's who's on your team. They it it should weapons. allow
1: you to, at the team making stage, change your weapon. It should work which it does exactly not. like Overwatch. Yes, exactly. It should go, you
0: have too many rollers it's, on your team. It's shocking that and it doesn't. It's so frustrating because Overwatch is sitting right there. All they have to and do And we know
1: Nintendo has played Overwatch. Yes. Yeah.
0: You don't make this game if you don't know that Overwatch exists. And so it's just like. It's such a letdown.
1: Yeah, it's very confusing. Very confusing. I mean, that's confusing in of itself, but just the fact that you cannot change, without backing out of your team and your matches, you cannot change your weapon.
0: Yeah. They, and, and so it's funny because, as I was saying earlier, it feels like this whole game fell out of like this movement mechanic thing that's brilliant. Yeah. But then anything that didn't have to do with the movement mechanics seems like it was something that they threw together in two weeks before it shipped. Like they're like, oh, no, we do need to have a way for them what if, to join teams. What if
1: we just took what we did in the first one and laid it into this one? It, and I it, think that that's it.
0: It really does feel that way.
1: It's a... Yeah, but it's a fantastic game. Um, we have been talking a lot about Splatoon 2. I think that we will in the future, too. I want to talk about Salmon Run once we have a chance to experience that. I can't wait to play it. And then I would like to think that maybe we can get to some ranked matches so that we can try the other modes other than turf yeah. war. Well, and I, I remember really I enjoying that. those in yeah, the I, previous game. I look forward to that because I'm getting a little burnt on turf war every single time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, are you playing anything else?
0: I am not playing anything else. Uh, I mean, I've just been playing Splatoon. I play the single player on the train every morning and I come home and I play, uh, the multiplayer on my couch and okay. I've been having a great time with it. So, have you been playing anything else?
1: I have been playing something ah. else. Um, I went out on a limb and was sort of like sitting around kinda kinda bored one day this week. And I went onto Steam and I downloaded Civilization Four. Really? Yeah, for Axis. Why'd you get um, four? Because it's they don't my favorite is three, but three doesn't run on Mac. Right. Uh, it does, but not through Steam. which is the easiest way to get it. And five and six are too beefy for my air. Okay. Um, So four was the one that I ended up going with. And man, you know, it's still a good game. Any civilization. It's crazy. I dropped off after three. I played, um, obviously, Civ One was an early computer experience of mine. That game really holds up still. I I had it on an NES emulator just a few years ago. Mm. I was playing that. Um, Civ two was the one I played the most as a kid. Then that is Civ three played, I as, I played an an the adult. Most as a kid. Yeah, uh, Civ four still fantastic. Um, I'm just, I feel like I have the same. First of all, I just want to give a shout out to the dude who does the uh, the theme song mm-hmm. for that game. Do you remember the theme song for Civ four? I do not. Baba Yet y- Yeta Yetu, Baba Yetu. You, the second you hear it, you will remember it. Okay. It's by Christopher Tin. He's done. Um, I think almost all the theme songs for these games. It is man. It is the music in these games is just phenomenal across the board.
0: Production values generally, I think, are some of the highest in the industry.
1: I agree, but I think it's just like it's clever use of like a period music throughout. Mm. It's just mm. charming. Like mm-hmm. I just like. I mean, as as someone who really enjoys classical music in general, and like knows just enough about it that I can pick out individual tracks, and like. There's just, like, some really sweet loot stuff that goes on during the Renaissance era. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether I'll update... I mean, the thing about, like, Civ is that, like, its core loop is still addictive. My trouble with it is that I played two games. My first one was on the easiest setting, and I just crushed it. Like, it was just, like, the the last, you know, three centuries were just me hitting the return button and watching cash right. flow in. Yeah, just, like, skipping turn yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Um, because I was going to own it, and I just needed to build my space race in like 1920. I went to the moon, whoa, <laughs> or the Alpha Centauri. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But then I bump it up one level. Oh no! And I get owned in a war. Yeah. Just because I refuse to share some of my technologies with people. Oh, and they so, just,
0: and it was like multiple people.
1: Oh yeah, and so multiple people just started ganging up on me. They That's took the my. Situation. They took my capital, and I was just like, I'm not interested in this. So it's like the yeah the and like granted there're like 10 difficulty levels in civ and the very easiest one is way too easy but somehow you like difficulty level 2 of 10 is still too much for me
0: right well i think that's one of those things where it becomes very difficult for them to balance yes cuz it's all about like the ai interacting and so if the ai like collectively decides to just wreck you yeah, you're a single nation state. Like you have no chance.
1: And I, I'm not. I'm never militaristic. Oh, I just like. Ever. I don't enjoy the mil. I don't enjoy the. Um, I used to when I was younger, but like I just like as I've gotten older and become more of a pacifist. Yeah. Also, no, it's just like I don't find it very like the tactical engagement is not super satisfying. It's. I've heard it's gotten a lot better recently.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I always find that it, it kind of. I like it but I know what you mean in that it. sometimes I feel like I kind of didn't anticipate the way things would go, but like, yeah. I didn't feel like I actually had a good handle on them.
1: Like this, like your, your chances of like, it's, 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 it's not the, the UI doesn't make things and the HUD, doesn't make things mm-hmm. nearly as clear as it could be. And it's also like after playing XCOM, just like nothing, yep. another Foraxis game, nothing feels quite as satisfying. Yeah. But yeah, I might update us more on that. Um, and otherwise everybody go listen to Baba Yetu. Um, by Christopher Tin. It's on YouTube, and man, that song is like just like phenomenal. It Great. is so good. We're gonna listen to it after this podcast. I can't ever. wait to. I'm really excited. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, that was my other game.
0: Awesome. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we generally talk about something not game related that we've enjoyed in the past week. Uh, and so, what's that for you, Matt? Um, what do I always gotta go first? I can go first. Yeah, you go first. All right. So mine, um, it's uh. Just recently was the 30th anniversary of Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, uh, which I believe until recently, or maybe still is, the best-selling debut record of all time from any artist. Mm. Um, I really like Appetite for Destruction. Uh, I really like Guns N' Roses generally. Um, So I feel like Guns N' Roses, it's pretty easy to say that they're a dumb hair metal band, that is accurate, except that they are the zenith of the dumb hairband. Like, they are the best one uh, that ever will exist and ever could exist, and they were right there at the end of the whole thing, and they actually kind of are just a punk band that steals all the trappings of hair metal. Um, but uh, I'm not talking about Appetite for Destruction, though if you've never heard it, you probably should listen to it. Uh, I'm talking about a YouTube video that you can find by typing Guns and Roses Roxy. Uh, they used to play at a place called the Roxy. Uh, and so if you type in Guns N' Roses, I think it's like 87 at the Roxy. Don't Cry. That's the song you want. It's a black and white video. And it's like, Don't Cry is not on Appetite for Destruction. It was on the next record. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it's this slow, I guess you'd call it a power ballad, but it's really not cheesy. And I feel like it's very easy to make fun of Guns N' Roses. But this song in this instance is so awesome. And Axl Rose's voice has not been blown out by years of whatever. Uh, and it is just a bunch of like 20 year old people ripping through this, like kind of heartfelt love song. And Axl at the end does this like completely unnecessary vocal vamping where you're just like, Oh my God, who is this guy? And especially given that like, they just look like gutter trash and the idea that you would kind of go to this show, right? And you can hear okay. people talking, like, at this bar. Like, nobody gives a shit that Guns N' Roses is playing. And they what, are. What year did you say it was? 87? 87. I believe it's 80. It might be 86. Appetite for Destruction came out in 87. Okay. Um, but it's right around that time. So if you type it in, it's the black and white video of them playing Don't Cry. You'll know it because the sound is kind of busted and it looks old. But mm-hmm. man, it's cool to see people who are you only know as like rock stars or whatever, you know, once they've made it uh, and you have all your preconceived notions about them to just remember that everybody that you know who ever done anything cool at some point was kind of just trying to do it. And that's super neat. Uh, and so anyways, it's a really good little video aspirational. I always like it. And also Axel has a hell of a voice. Uh, but that's mine.
1: I won't disagree with that.
0: Matt, what's up with you?
1: Um, I don't know if if you're aware of this. Probably not. But uh, Audible, you know, audio. It's uh, owned by Amazon. It's like an audi- audiobook.
0: Oh yeah, so I understand service. that if you uh, use code stars
1: <laughs> at Audible, they won't give you anything. No, but you can get your first book free, no matter what. Just for signing up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: you should tell them that Zero Stars sent you, though, and see if they'll sponsor us. Yeah.
1: That would be that would be great, because I was just going to say they have a new podcasting platform. Mm. They actually have a, a ton of podcasts with really big names. Um, I don't know if any of them are any good. Uh, I only discovered this because about a year ago, they put up a, um, a channel. They call them channels as opposed to podcasts. Okay. They put up a channel for a podcast that was being... Um, Written and and uh, produced by John Ronson, mm. the journalist, an incredible writer, um, author of So You've Been Publicly Shamed, Men Who Stare Goats, um, The Psychopath Test, all really excellent books. Uh, and I love John Ronson. I especially love John Ronson reading John Ronson's own work. Yeah. I, it's and a great voice. An incredible voice. Um, and so I have been checking this For a year, waiting for them to actually post the fucking podcast. And it finally came out on the 27th. Is it good? It's fantastic. Um, It has a terrible title. It's called The Butterfly Effect. But it's about... That is a great film.
0: There's a part (laughs) in that movie where Ashton Kutcher uh, wakes up and has no arms or legs... Honestly, you don't need to watch the movie. You just need to look up that part. So what I want you to do is I want this you to... Is,
1: this is very ableist.
0: I want you to listen to Guns N' Roses playing Don't Cry. And then in another tab, I want you to open up, just Google search Ashton Kutcher, no arms or legs. Because he is acting hard. <laughs> and you just have this image of the it director. That he's
1: not acting hard at other times.
0: Well, just like, yeah, the director is off camera being like, no, Ashton, you have no arms or legs. No, no, no. More like you have no arms or legs, Ashton. <laughs> and I love that.
1: Um, I can't decide whether I maybe want to rewatch that movie or not now.
0: We don't want to watch that
1: movie. Okay. Uh, in Heading any case, that one off at the pass. Uh, John Ronson's new podcast slash... It's really more like an audio book. It's about four hours long. Uh, and it's about the porn industry. And specifically how the creation of Pornhub... Um, Uh, which is, you know, based out of Montreal is, um, and is a, has a huge monopoly on streaming, um, all like all, basically all streaming and some production services and how that has affected the lives of people living in, um, California, like basically in the Valley working who previously worked in the industry. Oh, that's cool. And some of the very interesting stuff that he gets into, um, and also just like listening to John Ronson talk about like, Anything pornographic is just funny because of his very peculiar like owlish demeanor yes his br- um, very britishness yeah, and uh one of the most interesting parts that he gets into is this uh, burgeoning bespoke porn industry mm. in which people are in which uh professionals are basically take scripts that are written by um just folks who want this produced and then they pay for it. And very, you know, of course, most of the most interesting stuff is not necessarily pornographic in nature. It's it's people who have these very specific requests that probably fetishes, but they aren't what we would consider pornographic. They tend to be much more esoteric and kind of almost endearing, I yeah. would say, in some cases. Um, so definitely go check that out if if you're interested in, in um, John Ronson. I suppose also, if you're interested in porn. Or if you're um, just
0: interested, I would think in like business and industries. Yeah, certainly. It feels like that's one that's been really upended. Yeah, and it's, it, I
1: mean, they're very personal stories. He's he's more interested in the individual stories and um, in individual people. And he. there's some interesting folks. I mean, mostly just John Ronson is like such a fascinating individual. And really, if, if anything, if you're going to seek out anything by John Ronson, the book So You've Been Publicly Shamed is is like really an astounding piece of journalism and kind of extraordinarily prescient, especially right now um I feel like we use that term a lot to just like denote or connote like since Trump was elected but that's what we mean though yeah that is i mean and that's that's exactly what i'm like I think that that is an an incredible novel that talks a lot about shame and the impulse to shame and uh and it's it's also just funny. John Ronson is just funny, and, and do it all as audiobooks. Reading is fine too, but like,
0: why I, read when you can listen while you play? Especially, Splatoon.
1: Especially listening to John Ronson's voice yeah. is just fantastic. Um, awesome. I hope we can get him on the podcast
0: someday. We're working up to it. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for listening.
0: Uh, this has been Zero Stars, Episode Zero Point Six.